Hey, now I want to read for you uh, a little bit of Moses' story. This is from the third chapter of Exodus. It's really the beginning of God calling Moses to go and lead the Israelite people out. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and gracious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you and that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. It's not officially fall. You know, that doesn't really come till the autumnal equinox in later September. I learned that in meteorology class a long time ago. But basically, summer's over. I hate that. I'm a summer guy, even, even when it was 90 degrees and 95% humidity, I'll take that over what's coming in January anytime. Now, I know you don't all agree with that, and that's fine, but me, I hate that summer's over. But positively, for the life of the church, for Yorkshire United Methodist Church, we now get into our fall schedule. You know, Bible studies are starting up again. Programming is beginning to get into full swing. Now, what that means is that we need you. There are jobs to be done. 
responsibilities to undertake? I don't know. Maybe God's nudging you to do something within the life of Yorkshire Church you've never done before. And you're probably fighting that nudging. Maybe, maybe God is calling you through someone else. That is, someone within the life of this church is telling you, hey, you ought to do this or that. And you are undoubtedly trying to find excuses why you can't. Two weeks ago, I sang a solo in the 1045 service. So you ought to be glad that you were in the 9 o'clock service that day. <laughs> But I explained something to them before I sang that day. I explained to them how nervous I was. And some people, you get nervous? Oh, yeah. Now, I don't mind preaching. I've been doing that for 50 years or so, and, and I don't, don't generally get nervous when I have to deliver a sermon to you. But if I have to sing by myself, oh, yeah, that's, that's nerve-wracking to me. And I explained to them, and I'm now explaining to you, that when, when Nancy asked me to fill special music on that Sunday two weeks ago, I could have said no. Pretty easy to say no. But it's always been my belief as pastor of a congregation that I should never expect anything out of the congregation that I'm not willing to do myself. So sometimes if I expect the people in the congregations I have served to do more than is just comfortable for you, then I have to do things that are uncomfortable for me sometimes. And that's why I said yes to Nancy about that special music that day. It's too easy sometimes to say no. In the story of God calling Moses, we see the story of a great excuse maker. A little of that story I already read from the beginning, but that story goes on and the conversation and excuses between God and Moses go on. I want you to understand, I like the fact that first thing that God did was to get Moses' attention. That burning bush thing. Moses saw that and, and went over to it. We need to, God to get our attention sometimes because we get in ruts. Every one of us do at times. We get comfortable and we get used to things the way they are. Benny and I used to live beside a road. Now, that's not the railroad track we lived beside, but we lived our house, and then there was a road, and just on the other side of the road was a railroad track, and it was an active one. But after we lived there a while, we hardly even heard those trains anymore. We got used to them. That's my grandma and grandpa. That's the guy I'm named after. I loved them. They lived in Port Matilda, Pennsylvania. Now, if you've ever traveled... Route 322, years ago, you went right by their house. Because this is before they had the bypasses and things that are available now. But then, they had a front porch, there was a sidewalk, 
And then there was Route 322. All kinds of traffic on 322 at that time. Grandma and Grandpa never heard it. They got so used to it. Benny and I also had one of those at one time. Big Ben alarm clock that you wound up. Well, we had a choir at the church I was serving at the time, a visiting choir, so they had to be housed, and Benny and I kept a couple of them. So when it was bedtime, they went into their bedroom, shut the door, and Benny and I were still out in the main part of the house. <laughs> Pretty soon the one young man comes out and he said, uh, could we take that alarm clock out of that room? <laughs> Those were loud. They had a loud tick-tock sound, and they weren't used to it. Penny and I, we were used to it. I mean, the list can go on and on about things we get used to. You see signs like that all the time, and yet you don't see them. That, that's why if a speed limit goes like from 65 or 70 down to 55, they put those orange squares around them, trying to get your attention. Well, the first thing that God did to Moses because there was to be a dramatic change in Moses' life was to get Moses' attention through that burning bush. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. Now, we all need holy ground places. I've been brought up in the church. Sanctuaries for me are holy ground places. Now make no mistake, when I was explaining to the kids, you don't run in the sanctuary. <laughs> when you're a kid, you run in the sanctuary sometimes. My dad was a trustee in the church where I grew up. So there were many occasions we, and I wouldn't have told them when the kids, kids were all here, but there were many occasions dad and I were the only ones in the building. It's wonderful fun to start from the back and crawl underneath the pews all the way up to the front. I turned out okay, you know, just because I ran in the sanctuary or crawled under the pews, I still view the sanctuary as a holy ground place. Whether it's a new sanctuary or an old sanctuary, last weekend, Benny and I were down in Williamsburg, Virginia. It's one of our favorite places. Now, don't take that as a commercial for you to go to Williamsburg. <laughs> the first time we ever went there and we came home and there was a young man in the church I was serving and said, well, how'd you like Williamsburg? Oh, we loved it. We had a great a whole week there. He said, okay, he said, I'm going to try. And he did. He went down and when he got back, I said, how'd you like that? He said, oh, I hated that. <laughs> I spent half a day there, and that's all I could take. <laughs> so it's not a commercial. Benny and I love Williamsburg. Burton Parish Church. Now go back there. See the pulpit on the right? I always thought it would be neat to preach from a pulpit like that. You, you climb up stairs to get to it, and you stand way up above everybody else looking down at it. It's a sacred place. But this is a sacred place. More contemporary sanctuary, but holy ground places. We need them, and this should be one for you. This holy ground place for Moses was 
a way for God to get his attention and say, Moses, you have to understand our relationship. Creator, creation, father, child, God, human. The same relationship that we have with God. I like what Paul wrote in the 12th chapter of Romans. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Now, I like that phrase because that gives you and me permission to believe in ourselves. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But it does tell you that you ought to think highly of yourself to some degree. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. You're going to sing a song later, holy ground. We're standing on holy ground for the Lord is present and where he is is holy. When we can believe that, that puts us in the same position that Moses was in. God is God and we are his. Now make no mistake, once God got Moses' attention, he called him to some difficult things. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Egypt. Now, I don't, whether you can really imagine what Moses would have initially thought, God, you've got to be kidding. I can't go back there. You know the circumstances that I left Egypt. I can't go back there. I don't know what God's asking you to do, whether it's within the life of this congregation or just in your life in general. Maybe it's some things you're saying, God, you've got to be kidding. I can't do that. Sometimes I think, and I'll bet you do too, wouldn't life be good if we only had to do easy things? Sounds good, but I wonder, how would we grow? How would we improve? God has to call us to be more tomorrow than we were yesterday. He has to. If we're going to really be sanctified, that's the word we use for growing, if we're really going to grow, we have to be more tomorrow than we were yesterday. Moses didn't really want that. He didn't want to go to Egypt. So he starts with the excuses. Excuse number one, who, who, who are I? Well, that's my typing. Who am I <laughs> that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I that, that you expect me to do that? Do you ever feel that? When you're asked to do something within the life of the church or in your life, who am I that I should do that? Remember God's answer is simple. Moses, I'll be with you. Moses, I'll be with you. That's the still the single great assurance that we have today. The second excuse, but what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Well, to answer that, God in their conversation asks Moses, what is that in your hand? Do you remember that? Moses had a staff. God told him to throw it on the ground. It became a snake picked the snake up and returned to his staff again. What is that you have in your hand? 
I'm going to read something that someone else has written. Same question. What is it you hold in your hand? Nothing you say? Look again. Every hand holds some special gift. A hammer, a broom, a pen, a hoe, a scalpel, an artist's brush, a needle, a microscope, a violin bow, away with words in the giving of faith and hope. What is it you hold in your hand? Whatever your gift may be, I can open the door to abundant life. You hold in your hand the key. Moses said, I don't have the gifts. God said, yes, you do. And then I love this one. Excuse three. Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. I know, and I've told you this before, but it bears repeating. I know what Moses was talking about. I come from a family. My dad could talk to anybody. My older brother could. My sister can. My younger brother can. They all take after dad. Guess who I take after? My mom. (laughs) She was very quiet and really had difficulty uh, talking. Now, that's how I view myself. That doesn't mean you view me that way, but that's how I view myself. And I know my mom didn't view me that way. When I say I am not eloquent and I'm slow of speech, I mean that. Somebody might talk to me someday and three hours later, I'll think of the proper response that I should give to them. I know you've probably had that too. But I remember a phone call my mom made to me one day. My my mother and my Aunt Violet lived in the same uh, convalescent home. They actually lived right across the hall, which probably wasn't the best thing because they fought all the time sometimes. But, But anyway, I don't remember what problem Aunt Violet was having, but something. Mom called me and said, Bud, would you call your Aunt Violet? You always know just the right things to say. That's how mom viewed me. That's not how I view me. I view me like Moses. I am slow of speech and not eloquent. But God said, it's okay. I'll give you the words to say. That, well, let's go to his final. (laughs) It's not an excuse, it's just a plea. (laughs) Lord, please send someone else. I love that about Moses. No more excuses. No more reasons why he can't do it. Just the plea, please send someone else. In that may very well be the place where you are when someone asks you to do something within the life of this church or within your individual lives. Is that where you are? Isn't there someone else? Look at all the people in the church. Can't you find someone else to do that job? But when God's call upon your life is strong, you know within yourself what is necessary to do. Hopefully you're like the prophet Amos. Amos was called by God to be a prophet. And Amos didn't say, oh, yippee, thanks for asking. He said, God, I'm not a prophet. I'm not even a prophet's son. 
I'm just a lowly shepherd and a dresser of sycamore fig trees. Then Amos said, but the lion has roared. Who can but speak? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but speak? After all the excuses Moses offered, God finally said to Moses, take your brother Aaron, your staff, and get going. No more excuses. That's the way I hope that God treats you. I hope that God gets your attention, first of all. I hope that you have the feeling of a holy ground place. I hope that God calls you to expand yourself, to do something that is uncomfortable for you, that is difficult for you. And I hope that God will not accept your excuses. So get going. Pray with me a moment. Father, we, we do make that our prayer. We, we are like Moses. When, when you call us, we can always find excuses why something is particularly difficult or we just can't do it. But we trust that you will not give up on us even as you did not give up on Moses. Help us. Amen. Now as they're gathering their offering, you're going to sing a song which says, this is holy ground. We're standing on holy ground.